following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. My co-founder, Zach, and I, we were, you know, having coffee at Grand Central and we were talking about what we're going to build next. And one of us said, you know, I've been thinking about the cannabis space, to which the other one was like, yes, me too. (laughs) And so we said, let's just fly out and start talking to people and seeing what they need. You know, a lot of startups think they have the solution for the space. We entered knowing we didn't. We didn't know anything. So let's just go have meetings with whoever will meet with us and have them complain to us. And maybe if we meet with enough people, we'll see some commonality amongst complaints. And that, that'll be the first feature on what we build for that. Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 Podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. Marijuana has been legalized in eight states as of this recording. And today we're going to get into the business side of things around the industry with Ryan Smith. He's on Skype and he's the CEO of LeafLink, an online commerce platform for cannabis dispensaries and brands. Ryan, hello. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Thanks for having us. Well, it's great to have you. And we should point out that in 2016, you're the first CEO of a cannabis-facing company to be listed on Forbes's. 30 under 30, which is kind of incredible. Yeah, it's great. We were really excited about that. I was pumped about it. I think it's important for us as a company, but also for the industry too that's just mainstreaming right now. We're going to get into LeafLink, but when you were little, what was it that you wanted to do? I just always wanted to create companies and build things that were larger than myself. I mean, I was always walking dogs, watering plants selling paper, whatever it was. So this is just an extension of all that. And you grew up, where did you grow up? I grew up in Manhattan uh, and went to you know high school in the city and then went upstate to Colgate for undergrad. And breaking away to say thank you to Veridesk and Rocket Mortgage for their support of our show, The Under 30 Podcast. More about those companies later in the show. Okay. I've heard LeafLink described as like the sales force of cannabis. And but I think you know that's also unhelpful for people because they'll be like I I don't even understand what Salesforce is so why don't you yeah. explain it? Uh, sure. So all of those like acronyms or whatever people say you know we're the we're the Uber Netflix for the Airbnb of Blue Apron like all that stuff I think is you know neither here nor there. Uh, we have elements of our platform that are similar to the CRM aspects of Salesforce, but what LeafLink is and what I've created with my co-founder Zach Silverman, who's our CTO, is a B2B wholesale marketplace that allows retail or retailers and dispensaries to purchase wholesale inventory from brands. And we have on the platform now over 1,800 retailers and dispensaries purchasing from more than 400 brands. What we, uh, really quick, where we, how we came up with the idea, we, we spent time just sitting with people in the industry, didn't have any experience otherwise and learning how they operate. Yeah. What we found was a lot of really aggressive and, and progressive entrepreneurs that were operating with little structure and process. Text messages, emails, phone calls were how everyone was communicating orders and menus, prices. 
we thought we could virtualize all that on the marketplace, which is how Leafling started. Can you explain what the process of placing cannabis orders looked like before Leaflink? Yep. So if you're so there's different setups in different markets, right? Some some markets are vertically integrated, which means one company owns the land where it's grown, the the factory where it's made, and the store where it's sold. We we provide the most value in more mature markets like Colorado and Washington, Oregon, where there's companies that just focus on one thing. So we are an amazing retailer. Let's retail. We're an incredible product producer. Let's sell product. So for an average uh, retailer, purchasing manager at a retail location, they're buying anywhere from 30 to 50 different brands every week. And what that means is getting pre- before LeafLink emails, phone calls, fax messages, text messages mm-hmm. with menus and pricing, new products, deals. And then they'd spend about a day and a half a week. And this is a person who has to run a store and manage the books on top of just buying inventory. About a day and a half a week creating purchase orders and communications via all those methods I just mentioned to place their wholesale orders. Uh, And so what we did on LeafLink is consolidate that to one cart across multiple vendors, one button, and they're done. So tell me a little bit about Colorado was was where you launched in 2016, right? That's right. Around yeah. this time, was it two years ago? Yeah, that's right. We uh, we closed our angel round in December of 2015 and launched the platform in uh, end of March 20. Yep, 2016. So how did how do how do markets stand out? I imagine like in in Denver that weed dispensaries are are a little bit like a Starbucks in Seattle. How do how does these places yeah. stand out? There's actually more. There's more dispensaries, or there was at one point than. I think Starbucks and McDonald's combined in Denver. Oh, my God. Which is crazy. But how how do they stand out as businesses? Yeah, because you've said it's all about brands. Yeah, and that's a bet that we've made, that the industry is progressing towards uh, more THC-infused, branded CPG-type products. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they, they – they really run a full range, right? There are, there are ones that are open in old uh, gas stations that have no – no, no design, very pragmatic, you know, or very basic, I should say. Uh, there are other ones that are even, you know, could be seedier than that. And there are ones that you could be in an Apple store. I mean, there's like that whole range. And there's a consolidation more towards, I think, the higher end now as, as the industry matures. But we picked Colorado to start in because, although not that long, four years of regulations and legislation had been in place and, and rapidly evolving and we had this thought that other states will look to the success in Colorado as a model. So we thought if we could build a platform that makes sense here, good chance we'll have product market fit in other states as they continue to come online. And so talk a little bit about – you mentioned CPG, so consumer packaged goods. Talk a little bit about the um, the process of raising the money because I know you got $10 million from from VC, right? Yep. So we've raised to date uh, $14 million. Uh, Series A, which you're referencing, was one that we just closed for $10 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, that money came from a mix of traditional VCs. And, and for some companies like Larry Hippa Ventures, we were their uh, first investment in, canna- in a cannabis company. But we've also paired that with cannabis-specific funds and family offices that are really focused on getting into the space, which is where a lot of the capital is coming from now. There's a small group, a lot of VCs are interested. Traditional institutional VCs want to learn about the space, but they're they're really more in the learning step than the than the writing checks step. So mm-hmm. uh, or phase. And so we half of our raise is educating VCs about what what exciting progress is happening here, and then 
and then uh, you know a small percentage are interested in making investments and so that was how we raised that last round but we wanted to mimic we wanted our investors to mimic our team which is a mix of people with great cannabis experience and great tech experience from other industries and make the same thing in our in our capital stack across investors. Well, where does your experience come from? I, I don't think it's the cannabis experience, but correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm one of the not cannabis experience members of the team. Um, I My first company I started out of college right. or second semester senior year was in the real estate tech space. And um, my family's in real estate in the city, so I knew a lot about that industry. And we that's, that was completely different industry. But something that's interesting was there were elements of equity crowdfunding that were popular right. at the time and different regulatory things that we had to follow. And this is very similar, so there, there are those similarities. Was there anything in your background or your history that you could – I mean, could this have been anything for you? Or is there any special connection with, uh, no, it, with marijuana? It was, it was – um, with marijuana, generally, my my feeling on the on the product and and, and it, as a medicine yeah. is it's an incredibly powerful, it's an incredibly powerful solution for a lot of patients. That's been proven many times over. There's still a lot of research to do there to better understand how well it can be used. But the appeal for me on on starting one of the main things on starting LeafLink was on marketplace technology. So I've always been selling things on eBay since like sixth grade. My parents had a joke that if things would go missing in the house, it was probably in <laughs> Ryan's PayPal account. Yeah. So uh, so I always I always just loved marketplace technology. Obviously B2C technology is at scale. We use it every day across you name the big platforms that do it. But B2B it really has a long way to go. And knowing how forward thinking and 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 young this industry is this is the perfect place to start it and we want to establish leaflink as the standard so that other industries could learn from the cannabis industry as this efficient model to to emulate in the future and tell me a little the wholesale side tell me a little bit about your part is it zach right the the co-founder zach silverman so he uh ebay right yeah he was at ebay before we started uh before we started LeafLink, he was at LimeWire back in the day, if you remember that. Uh, yeah, remember yeah. That yep. And then he started in between those, uh, as well as some other things, uh, an ad tech company that did arbitrage trading on banner ads, which was acquired back in 2014. And then eBay was his in-between time, and he was working on the API strategy there for their B2B marketplace. Is every state different when you expand, or can you use like a template? Like I remember when Uber was ramping up, you know, they, obviously the cease and desist letters that they receive in every state is a little bit different. Uh, yeah. What's the process been like for you? It's probably a good example. Like I'd say the, the words in the letters are different, but the intention is the same. Mm-hmm. So one one key to our platform and, and one thing we built all of our tech around is licensing and the permissions attached to licenses. So each state, we only work with licensed companies, right? We are a technology company. We don't grow, buy, or sell marijuana, but we work with companies that do. And the ones that do are licensed by different state bodies. And even the the licensing structure, states licensing companies is everywhere. That's how every state's operating, and we believe will operate into the future. But then there's different license types. There's different responsibilities or permissions attached to different licenses, which we change as we go into different states, and we're very much learning as we go, as is the rest of the industry. Mm-hmm. But um, there's there are general similarities, and then differences. There's different preferences on products in different states. There's uh, different structures of licensing. There's different caps on number of companies right. that can operate. 
Uh, but generally speaking, it's all tied to a license structure that we base it off of, that we base our platform off of. And we'll be right back after a quick break. With the new year upon us, lots of us are at least thinking about ways in which we can be happier and healthier. Maybe we'll take in some yoga, cook up better dinners, or perhaps try a standing desk, like Veradesk. Veradesk turns your desk into a standing desk so you're more active than sitting all day. Standing more and sitting less can lead to more energy, less back pain, more productivity, and, you know, you just you look more alert. Check out Veradesk risk-free for 30 days with free shipping both ways. See it for yourself at veradesk.com. That's V-A-R-I desk.com. And then in terms of, like, the political climate, like, if you look federally, you know, marijuana being illegal, but then on a state level, some states are moving towards decriminalization versus legalization. Has there been a difference for you in terms of the administration versus, uh, you know, I, I think Obama was a little more sensitive to this than than Trump and Jeff Sessions? Yeah, and I think a lot of the Actually, I may even make the argument that Obama was less sensitive to it because it just wasn't as much of a, a topic, really. It was more, let's let businesses the grow and let, and let states decide yeah. what they want amongst their populace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the way the administration's operating right now, they've obviously said some things that are not encouraging of the industry. But from what we've, from what we've seen, what we know, there's there's been no law, no legal changes on the federal level other than – uh, some news a couple of weeks ago from Sessions that he wants people on, you know, the different state teams and the DA departments to uh, to use their discretion in how they prosecute cases. And when he did that, he rescinded a prior Cole memorandum that was put out by the Obama uh, administration. But no no action was given. No no recommendations were given on how people and district attorneys mm-hmm. in each of these territories should be operating. To which many of them replied and actually more than a more than a dozen uh state district 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 attorneys in different states where it's legalized have sent sent a letter to congress i think within the last 48 hours asking them to create legislation to allow for banking in this industry and so what it seems is each state is going to be operating the way it typically has nothing has changed at the federal level than two or three years ago and so the industry just continues to move forward us as a company at LeafLink, right, we're not a marijuana licensed company, but we're very focused on remaining compliant. We want to follow all the rules we can in each of the states. And when the federal government uh, catches up to the 65 plus percent of the U.S. population that believes marijuana should be legalized, right. we'll follow those rules, too. Uh, but right now it's just it's a it's a government catching up to the people state of affairs. Right. And and you LeafLink runs it says you're roughly nine percent of the entire legal cannabis marketplace through your platform. Just a little like stipulate. We so we have ninety percent of the retailers uh, in certain states like like Colorado and yeah. Washington, getting pretty close to that in Oregon uh-huh. uh, on the platform, uh, making purchases uh, from their brands. But um, yeah, it's not it's not ninety percent of the entire market. It's the of the user base of the you know, the buy side of the. Of the market, right, right. No, I said nine. Oh yeah, nine, nine so percent. Right. So yeah, our goal. Our okay. So I heard ninety. So our goal uh, by the by the fall is to be moving about eight and a half to nine percent of transactions okay. in the in the space when we hit half a billion dollars in in uh, gross merchandise value on the marketplace. And can you just give us a sense of how fast the industry is scaling and and your earnings and projected earnings? 
Yep. So on the industry side, we California going legal three, two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. huge news, right? Uh, in just in that time period, we now you mentioned there are eight states that are recreational. Vermont, New Hampshire have have uh, legislation underway to potentially go legal there. Uh, New York, Cuomo just set up a, a council to investigate it. Michigan, people are excited about Ohio, Pennsylvania, Maryland. So all of these states, we expect it to at least double. Uh, from the six and a half, seven billion dollar industry that it is right now by this time next year, uh, and and then on LeafLink side, one of the best KPIs that we use to track is the number of deals done through the platform. Mm-hmm. So when we launched back in March 2016, that first month of April, we did twelve thousand dollars of transactions between buyers and sellers. Uh, last month we did eighteen point two million, and this month we're on track to break twenty two and a half million. And so those are the deals being done through LeafLink buyers and sellers. And on our, I mean, as a startup, as you yeah. know, raising capital, we're still obviously running in the red. But some cool highlights from, you know, on a, for us on the revenue side, revenue's up almost, you know, 6x from where it was uh, as of December, last December before that. And we're really just beginning now to explore ways of monetizing and creating tools that we know our clients need. The first two years is really all about learning and, and creating mm-hmm. product market fit at the most basic level. And now it's how can we further empower our customers with tools that obviously we'll, we'll charge for and begin right. to build out those revenue streams. We'll talk a little bit about how, like how people sign up. How is it for – how do buyers and sellers access the site? What does that look like? So the buyers are retail purchasing managers at those locations and sellers are typically uh, business owners or – uh, sales managers of these brands that are selling the product to the retailers, right. and so we have it's an old it's a brand new industry, but pretty old school sales processes. There's a lot of FaceTime required. A lot of individuals in the industry require that level of attention and relationship right. to really join the platform. So the way we sign retailers on is a lot through recommendations by our brands. So our sales team spends a lot of time bringing brands onto the platform, and then it makes sense for brands to uh, to encourage their retailers to join the platform to save time and process and structure how they're processing orders. And then retailers, we've seen this now happening, creating this like loop network effect that retailers get together in groups of 10 or 20 and begin demanding that their brands that are not already on LeafLink join LeafLink right. or they'll stop buying from them. So it creates this circle of a community uh, that that helps encourage the other side to come on, and it gets stronger and stronger as we continue to grow. And it's free for retailers, right? That's right. Free for retailers, small monthly fee for, for brands just to be on the platform, and that's – we've been keeping it really simple. Can you talk about how your supply chain, uh, if it is, is similar to like the alcohol industry? Yeah, great, great question. The – so – um, so the alcohol industry obviously is a three-tiered system, super regional, a lot, very few huge players now. On the one thing to mention, kind of a cool point, Constellation, which is one of the larger uh, distributors, logistics companies, and liquor just made a quarter of a billion dollar investment in the mm-hmm. largest marijuana grow operation up in California, in Canada. So we're starting to see even overlap on those industries, which we're really, which we're, you know, interested in, excited about. Um the, in, the way the supply chain is right now in in most states is brands sell directly to retailers. What we're seeing, uh, particularly in California, and we expect to see more of this, is the growth of this third tier, right? The distribution tier, distributors coming around. 
to begin to consolidate how people are buying sales teams and, and branding efforts. So we're really focused on building out those tools for them. So there are similarities mm -hmm. to the liquor space. It differs by state, but our focus is like, imagine if the liquor industry came of age when all this tech that exists now was at their, at, at their access, right? That's the vision we have for this space. Like what does a fully, uh, a single platform mean for a sub virtualized supply chain and industry where we've got to define it from the very beginning. And so those are the three real parties in the supply chain that we're right. focused on serving the most. And, and yeah, there are similarities to liquor space for sure. Well, I wanted to ask you about reimagining an industry because so many companies you read about are disrupting a model or disrupting an industry. You're in yeah. the position where you guys are defining an industry and, and creating your own new rules. Can you talk about, you know, both positive and negative aspects uh, of having to do that. I love this way of thinking about it because it is how we always talk to each other just internally. Every startup wants to disrupt a tens, hundreds of you know, billion dollars, multi-billion dollar industries, but that takes a lot of adjustment and education to preconceived notions of how things are supposed to be and the way your parents ran this business, Right. right. The, the opportunity here is that no one's, I mean, maybe your parents were in this business, but they were not in a licensed business and they weren't, you know, operate, operating legally. And so we can, we can insert ourselves now and catch up to the opportunity in the first, I'd say, two years at LeafLink was learn as much as we can and we will continue to do that, mm -hmm. but get our platform caught up to how the industry is operating right now. And then, and the point that we're at now is we can begin to really create tools that usher the space as a whole into this second version uh, of, of greater efficiency, stronger process than, than they've seen before that allows them to grow their businesses as well. And there's, there's a different kind of education, right? So if you're disrupting industry, you have to show people that their the technology has value outside of whatever they're doing, legal pads they're using before. Right. Here we're... We caught up to where the industry is, and we're now educating the industry and learning from the industry at the same time on what it takes to scale these businesses, to create the Cokes and the Pepsis of this space, uh, all around LeafLink's backend infrastructure that's tied into that's tied into our marketplace, and um, that's that's really that's a true opportunity that we see here is a is a single platform for an industry, whereas right. that is something a lot of startups say, but very hard to do when other companies are already operating on ten different platforms. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Support for the Forbes Under 30 podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask, why? Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to the rate and term in real time? And why can't there be client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. 
Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. All right, Ryan, we're, we're, we're hurtling forward here, and, it, and it's crazy to think of just like the sheer um, speed at which you guys are expanding and moving into new states. New states. Where Can you just describe when you had the idea from the beginning, um, what were some of the struggles that you faced early on? The first struggle was that we didn't know very much about the industry. So uh, my co-founder, Zach, and I split our time between New York and L.A. now, but we were both in New York at the time. We were, you know, having coffee at Grand Central, and we were, you know, Zach was an interesting person that you catch up with, you know, every on, on occasion. Yeah. And we were talking about what we were going to build next, and we both, he was at eBay, I obviously love marketplaces, and we were talking about what we're interested in, and one of us said, you know, I've been thinking about the cannabis space, to which the other one was like, yes, me too. <laughs> And so we said, let's just fly out and start talking to people and seeing what they need. You know, a lot of startups think they have the solution for the space. We entered knowing we didn't. We didn't know anything. So let's just go have meetings with whoever will meet with us and have them complain to us. And maybe if we meet with enough people, we'll see some commonality amongst complaints. And that, that'll be the first feature on what we build for them. So you went on a listening tour. Totally. We had 10 questions. That we that we and I'm really good at pestering people to get in front of them, and we did, and then we started to see these pain points around ordering and order management that was just being done on whiteboards and, and legal pads, maybe Google Sheets. And then, just in terms of creating your own operation, how it was the two of you, uh, yeah. give, give us a sense of how many people are at LeafLink now, and how quickly you're bringing new people on. So we're entering now a. An aggressive hiring schedule just after the, the A, uh, we're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. We have 27 people at LeafLink now, and we those offices are spread. We have you know actual offices in uh, New York, L.A., and Denver, yeah. and then we have people on the ground in Washington, Oregon, and Arizona. Our engineering team is in New York. Sales and client uh, experience are spread out across those states that I mentioned, so we're live in Colorado, Washington, Oregon, Arizona, Nevada, and California right now, uh, and we're expanding to 10 new states, so we'll have to hire support uh, and sales team members, marketing. Every team is going to be receiving additional hires over the next six, nine months. Um, that's, the, that's the size of the team right now, and, and for the first you know, s- three to six months, it, there was only four of us, so it was really starting slow, and now we have product market fit, so it's time to scale. And then in terms of managing those teams, has there been any growing pains for you or anything that you've learned or how you and Zach have complemented each other in your in your management style? Tons of things learned uh, and a lot of mistakes made. It's still more to make. <laughs> for, so Zach and my pers- our personalities are, are pretty complementary. Mine is more... Let's just do it. Uh, you know, make a mistake. We'll do it better the second time. But yeah. execute. Let's just get it done. Zach is more of a thinker, and he executes as well. But he'll he'll you know he'll take a little more time just to analyze everything, and then that those two personalities combined. 
I'm a little bit louder. He's a little bit quieter. It's just like all it all that all came came together really well. And so it's been a good partnership that way. We've organically grown through a lot of challenges. Just the space is challenging generally, but then startups challenges built into that make it you know twice as challenging. It probably is as your typical other startup. But we've now begun bringing on managers and directors, basically people that have been through this series right. A B growth pattern to begin allowing our teams to take on more structure and autonomy. One example of a learning process that we went through was growing our sales team beyond the two or three people that it was. And so in the beginning, it was myself and two sales reps going to every meeting, pitching all these different companies. And then we hired our third, fourth, uh, and it became really clear that I, this sounds very basic, but I, I, I couldn't be on every meeting. And at the beginning, it was like the idea of, of a sales meeting happening that I wasn't on just kind of blew my mind. Then we hired our, our fifth and sixth sales reps, and, and it allowed me to then focus more on, all right, well, who's sales rep seven and eight that we can hire? What are the next markets? And begin thinking more strategically about how the team can grow. Trusting the team members can do it even better than you is, is where we're at now and still a lot more to grow and learn on. Uh, but that was a good learning experience. So as we talk now, what states are putting their paperwork together for legalization that you guys are going to be uh, moving into? So a few are already lined up. Uh, a couple other ones coming the coming down the pipe, it seems like, sooner rather than later. So the ones that we're expanding into, uh, the ones that we're most excited about, and not in this order, but Michigan seems really promising, very populous state, a lot of general support in the in the the constituents there, uh, obviously Massachusetts, uh, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Ohio is coming online as well. And then as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of talk now uh, for Vermont, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and New York. Uh, there'll be an interesting dynamic that happens on the East Coast. And I think we're just at the, we're about to go over this this cliff on it that when states begin legalizing on the East Coast, if you look at the map of legal states, the whole West Coast is online. And and it will only be a matter of time before through the three the three to five states that are already recreational on the East Coast, when they really begin to scale out and people see that tax revenue and, and patients see the value in the medicine that uh, is being provided, mm-hmm. the states that they border with will have to join. Otherwise they're just losing they're just losing tax revenue. And I mean, we all know what a what a challenge it is for all of these different state and federal bodies to to budget themselves. This is an incredible opportunity to create businesses and, and capital for, for other things right. too, you know. What do you say to people? And like, I mean, we mentioned this at the beginning. You know, the majority of the country is on board, and and uh, the government is catching up. Um, what do you say to people who are concerned that letting a for-profit business market sell marijuana may lead to uh, the market aggressively to you know heavy pot users who have a drug problem? That it would service people who have a problem with with substance abuse. The the first thing that I'd point to is you you look at this like terrible epidemic right now around um, opioids, opiates, yep, and and heroin abuse just everywhere, and and there are and there are studies coming out now that actually have a reduction or a slower growth of overdoses on those drugs in states where marijuana has been recreationally legalized. Uh, Colorado is is one, and so this whole concept of 
you know, a gateway drug and, and maybe it will encourage more people to use drugs. I think there's a certain sexiness to a drug that's illegal. Mm-hmm. And and the moment that it's regulated and consistent and tested and and taxed, it loses a lot of that a lot of that, that sex appeal, I'd say. And it becomes something that you walk by that's in a store, like a liquor store like we do today. And 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 there's there's a lot of a lot of studies coming out that basically say that quite the opposite is the dynamic right now. Uh, it actually curbs the, the overdoses that we're seeing in this opiate epidemic right now in the States. Well, fi- finally, um, Ryan, let's just give a, a practical example for listeners. If Laurel and I here at the podcast were starting our own dispensary, walk us through the ways in which LeafLink uh, would service us. So if you're like, so that's a brand new dispensary opening in LA in a couple yeah. of weeks. Yep. So if you're opening up and let's say you have your license, your temporary license ready to go, mm-hmm. the first thing, and you have an incredible interior designer, you got this beautiful space, it's personal ready brand, to, ready yeah. to open. The first thing you're you're going to need to figure out right after that is what products to have on your shelves, what deals you can find. There are an enormous, a crazy number of new brands coming online right now in all the states, particularly if. This is an LA story, uh-huh. and so for you guys entering the space, let's say you didn't have any experience in the space, we get calls like this all the time. You just need to understand what products exist in the market, uh, and you need to build your menu. You join LeafLink, we can get you approved. Uh, you register with your license, we verify it against the state records that it's in good standing. Get you approved within you know 10 minutes uh, as a buyer. It's free, and you can see all the menus of hundreds of companies that are offering. So many different products, everything from flour that we traditionally know to topicals to edibles to creams to right. pretty much anything that you could think of is now like there's we have beef jerky on the platform that's THC oh infused. My God. So you would you would use that to build out your menu, and then uh, because you're opening a store, there's probably three or four other stores opening a stones throw from where you are. And part of the way, aside from your design and your amazing team, that you're going to stay competitive is by finding new products by getting great deals and keeping consumers interested in on what the industry has to offer. And you can find that on LeafLink. Uh, and instead of looking for recommendations, texting random people, or, or sending in sending emails to info at email addresses of brands, it's all right there and it's actionable on LeafLink. And what is the most popular product? Is it the gummies? It, it depends on which state, but uh, in the more mature states, it is gummies. It is know? gummies. I had a feeling. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, is the is, is the goal for you to stay with the company long term? Absolutely. There's such an opportunity in in the industry that we're in with the team that we've built and and, and LeafLink's product and the liquidity we have on our marketplace to build some incredible tools for our clients and for the industry, and that will, in my mind, mean that two years from now we, we'll be starting other efforts, other teams that tie into this core value add of, of this liquid marketplace that we've created right. for the supply chain in the industry. But I do see LeafLink and our goal is really to not sell, to be consolidated. We want to be the consolidator, which is why we've raised more money than almost anyone else and why we're growing faster than almost anyone else because that is our goal to be the platform that that supports clients across all the very many things that businesses do in the cannabis space. All right, Ryan, look, it's a it's a really exciting uh, industry, and we'll be watching the company. So good luck as you as you enter into new states uh, and new territory. Uh, Ryan Smith, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Steve. 
That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under30, that's the number 30, at podcastone.com. Hey, it's Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana. And you are listening to Riggle's Pitch. Yeah, and a ham horn, and uh, we have a new podcast. You can find our show exclusively on the Podcast One app on podcastonesports.com, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Every Thursday, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about the things that really excite us, like life, comedy, sports, a lot of sports. Uh, Ourselves. A lot of Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you join us. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals during our spring Black Friday sale, like 19-ounce Bonnie vegetable and herb plants, four for $10. And pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch in store only for just $10. Whatever's on your list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417 while supplies last. Not valid in Alaska or Hawaii. Scott's offer valid in store only. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he'd never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.